And this episode of ArcaSpeak is brought to you by Arcat. And they want to know, are you the BIM jockey of your firm? Are you used to the grind of using broad search engines or searching manufacturer sites only to find they don't have BIM? Are you wrestling with outdated or poorly built objects? I think we've all dealt with those, right, Cormac? Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. It's time to use Arcat.com. A-R-C-A-T.com. Arcat is a free library of over 7,500 BIM objects and systems, all available in multiple formats. Even better, each object has high-quality BIM based on actual manufacturer products. And you don't even have to register to access Arcat's BIM library. Just head over to Arcat.com, that's A-R-C-A-T.com, and start downloading the BIM objects you need, except for that credenza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay Which away from it. didn't come from our cat, right? No, it did not. Excellent. This episode is also sponsored by BQE Core, and they are the award-winning cloud project accounting platform made for architects. Core combines time and expense tracking, billing, project management, and accounting in one streamlined platform. With Core, you'll increase efficiency, win more projects, and find some time to relax. Make work easy with Core and get a 15 15- day trial by going to bqe.com slash core plus look in our show notes for a free ebook from bqe 10 key financial metrics to measure your project performance it'll show you your top kpis to monitor in order to boost project profitability and make the right choices for your firm and thanks to bqe for sponsoring this episode of arcaspeak Welcome to ArcaSpeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. Welcome to episode 135 of the ArcaSpeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxel. And I'm Cormac Phelan. So when we say, and I'm Evan Troxel... Right now, I think we mean. <laughs> I think we mean long suffering or currently suffering Evan Troxel. Why are you suffering, man? Oh, the whole world's <laughs> crashing down on me. <laughs> I I sound like I'm sick, and I feel like I'm sick, but I'm not. It's just like this major allergy attack, which is probably a combination of we have had no winter here in Southern California. It was like 87 degrees or 90 degrees yesterday, something like that, and. My house is leaky, so <laughs> you're suffering the fate of three. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a slab leak, which you know we could talk a little bit about home ownership and just the issues that come along with that. And as an architect, I think it's kind of interesting, you know, because you're listening to the insurance adjuster and you're listening to this, and you watch them draw some like really basic CAD plan of your house to figure <laughs> out quantity takeoffs, and I'm like, oh, is that the Microsoft Word of of CAD applications? <laughs> yep, pretty much. Oh, geez. And uh, so, yeah, I've got a slab leak, and and because of that, they've had to open up my walls and my dining room and try to start drying things out because it was starting to grow mold. Because it's a hot water leak. It's not just a water leak. Lovely. Lovely. And then, but before they did that, they had to test for lead and asbestos in the bathroom adjacent. There's high levels of lead because that's part of the house from 1947. And which I know is not old according to East Coast standards. No, and, you, and you're and you're wondering why. But my kids used to just chew on the uh, on the paint in the bathroom. Yeah, I don't know why they're wacky. Just pick it off and chew on it. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, so, so, and we're probably going to have to do some remodeling in there because of this. But um, it was just I like this forced remodel is really not coming at a good time. And then they pulled up one layer of kitchen floor because my my house, the part <laughs> where the kitchen is, is, was added on later. And they found another layer of flooring under there that they had to come back and read test for asbestos. And then they found asbestos in that. Oh, so now we have sure. to have an abatement company that's, they have to notify the AQMD that they're going to be doing this and they come out and they take it out and, and they have to like put some kind of chemical stripper on the floor to get the glue out because it's got asbestos in it too. All the while you actually have to live there. And well, we don't, we probably technically don't have to live here, but do you know how hard it is to, uproot a family of six and take them to a hotel and and now all of a sudden we have to like eat out all the time and there's just no freaking way that i can afford to do that I so was, I was gonna we're say, not I on mean, vacation <laughs> you know you you, you know you gotta do you you have to pay for all of the work that's going on in the house and pay for you to vacate your house and i mean that can't be well they will cover all that but so, well, uh except for my eventually. deductible yeah, eventually, right? Exactly. So you're out of pocket in the beginning, and and they've been fine to work with. It's just I, I because they've opened up the house, and then they have fans and dehumidifiers going in my dining room twenty four seven. It's it's like ninety something degrees in my kitchen at night because of the dehumidifier and the fans, just like the heat output from these things, and it's just blowing crap throughout my house, and I feel like I'm dying. I woke up this morning at like four o'clock, just sneezing and. My throat was itchy. I felt totally like I had a cold, and I don't. I like I just have this allergic reaction to every all the all the spores blowing around my house. Oh my god! And then you're like, "Hey, you know what else I think I should do? I should go record a podcast." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna get up early and tackle this podcast thing. So yeah, it's been it's been a interesting week, and I think just part of it on top of all that, just the added stress of managing this whole thing right like this is not the the norm you don't have to field calls from a uh, leak detection company and a drying company and an insurance agent and an asbestos tester and an asbestos abatement company and like that's just not normal like there's so many additional layers of complexity on my day-to-day -day right now that it's just i think it's all just crashing down you know <laughs> it's i'm hoping to get through this soon and get it over with but Everything that I'm running into here is causing it to take more time. Oh, that's going to take more time. Oh, we're going to have to schedule come back and do 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 additional testing and and do the tear out. Oh, oh, you've got a a refrigerator. The floor goes into the refrigerator. We might have to. It might take two days to take that out instead of one day. So it's it just keeps piling up. Man. Wow. And a uh, minor note: a friend in the office. She just uh, closed on a house, and I think she's had it now for maybe. 10 days, I think she said. You didn't warn her? <laughs> well, so, <laughs> so you know, this was a house that she said that, you know, the guy who, um, that they bought it from flipped it. And so they, you know, were in there for 10 days and then like, but not really in there, in there. Right. And so now that they're in there, uh, you know, the, all of the pipes are backing up and, oh, you know, so, and, what, you know, yeah. once somebody started using them. Right. Yeah, it's because yeah, exactly. It was like you know, I was like, "There's somebody were... had to know," and and so she's just like, "Well, you know, they're really old pipes." I'm like, "No, this guy, f 
this guy flipped this house and guarantees somebody was probably pouring like, you know, grout or something down the drains when they were doing oh, the tiles dude. and dude. it just solidified, you know, while you weren't yep. owning it and now you own it. And now it's like, Hey, I just thought of something. I've got a present for you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So my house is all Galvi pipe and it's under the slab, oh, no. obviously. And so they, hers too. it's like, let's not fix that. Let's abandon that is what I'm thinking. But of course it's cheaper. And I'm, this is, we bring this up every episode, the podcasting air quotes, it's cheaper <laughs> to fix it because, yeah. and they're going to what, jackhammer out the slab in my, uh, yeah. in my dining room and then go down there and fix it so that it can break one foot over in a year, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then what? Like, it just, it's such a, but that's what they will pay for to fix. They won't pay for the repipe to do it right. Right. They won't pay for it to do it right. They'll just pay a certain amount, which is like half of the amount that it takes to repipe this section. So I'm kind of wondering what to do there because I don't know how long we're going to be here. We talked about this before too. It's like, do you do the right thing or do you do the thing that gets you through now? Do you do the bandaid? Yeah. Oh. It's wonderful. Well, we, we deal with this all the time with our own clients, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, do, do we, do we, you know, make, or, or, or I don't, I don't know if it's with our own clients, but, uh, Sometimes it at work, it's like, well, we do we do this solution to get us through and and get the project out, or do we sit back and and actually fix this? It's usually something to do with CAD, right, or BIM these days. Or give you an even better example is you know going through a process of you know value engineering stuff and and um, you know we've got two choices of a sixty mil uh, PVC roofing. One saves us $5,000. One, um, you know, is the additional $5,000. And if you pay for that... But you have to replace it, it in half the time. No, but if you pay the additional $5,000, then you get a more robust um, roofing system. You get oh. a slightly better warranty. But yeah, that's beca- what I mean. But because you are over budget and you've got to cut money, you're just like, I'm going to go with the cheaper one because I need to save money. You're like, but in the long run, I mean, it's $5,000 over the course of a, you know, 40, 50, 60 million dollar project. Is that really worth it? Death by a thousand cuts, man. Yeah. That's what VE is. And I'll give you the opposite example because K-12 work is designed by facilities committee, right? And it's it's designed by value engineering. Yeah. (laughs) You value engineer as you're designing. The head of facilities at a project I work on was a roofer before he became the head of facilities. So guess what kind of roof he wanted? Mm, All he cared about was the roof. That's it. And so when it came time to VE the project, could that roof get VE down? What was his name? Because I swear I had him (laughs) on one of my projects. And and he swore – this guy swore by – a particular roof type and that was yes. all he wanted and you yes. could tell him that look you know i mean you can still get a 30-year warranty out of an 80 mil blah 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 you know this that and the other and he's like i don't care i don't like that uh, you know um, he wants the was, tesla of roofs yeah. and and it's like it's it's ridiculous because everything else suffers or all or, of the learning environments the places the kids actually sit in all day long every day or they have a nice roof they got a nice well, roof. No, or the only thing that this guy knows is the floor 
four ply modified bitumen roof. Yep. And so that's all he knows. But you, you're like, but there are other roofing types that you can do that are better cost effective and actually, you know, are, are less toxic to the environment. I don't care. This is what I know. This is what I best. want. I got to have the you're best. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like the idea just going off riffing off of what one of you guys said, but you know, you can choose to fix it now or you can just keep putting band-aids on it. I mean, this mm-hmm. is just to take it back to, to this slab leak. All this is going on and the, the leak has not been stopped. Like, <laughs> oh, the leak crap. is still going. So I turn the water heater off every night so that I'm not getting my radiant floor heating going on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> topical but, topical but still like i've got all this crap blowing oh, wait, no. in my house and and it's still leaking like they're they're again podcasting air quotes they're they're drying it out but they're not right the As leak it is leaks. still it hasn't been fixed and so how long do you continue to <laughs> to make it look like you're doing something when you're Didn't really not solving the problem this? what was that movie that tom hanks was in Oh, yeah, uh, you're talking about the money pit? Money the pit, money yeah. pit, yeah, there yeah. you go. That yeah. that sounds very money pit-like. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, man. Sad trombone sound. <laughs> one other one other thing. Uh, I, I was going to go to um, school. Yeah. And, and uh, what, what, what are your troubles at, at school? What, what are the kind of things you're seeing teaching this year? Well, I mean, so I've got 90 students, and that's a lot of grading to do, right? So one of the things I made really clear in the syllabus up front was no late work. Like, I dealt with late work last year. The way that I run the class is they have a a portion of the class is dedicated to, like, this online discourse. So they post a graphic, they do a write-up, and then... They have to comment on other students' stuff. So not only do they post their own work, but they actually have to go give constructive criticism on other students' work as well. And the only way that that works is if you do it on time, right? You can't you can't do that part later because no one will see it. So the, after the first assignment, sure enough, the emails start coming in. Oh, I didn't make the deadline. Can I turn in my work late? And so what do you do? Do you respond to these students? Like this is last year. I kind of learned this lesson like, okay, just don't respond because I responded to everybody last year and said, okay, well, and so I'm up to the 11th hour going through their comments that didn't help anybody, right? That's the whole goal here, right? Is that maybe somebody will point something out on your post that you could actually correct and, and make it better. That's the whole idea of a crit, right? Even if it's in written form, like a crit doesn't have to be a pinup or in person. It can be something that happens like through comments on a post online, right? And so, like I said, sure enough, I get, can I post? And so I just didn't even respond to him. I'm not, I have too much stuff to go through and grade. And I have to look at that there's just no way that I'm going to grade somebody's thing that didn't help somebody earlier. So. Hopefully they'll get the the message. I'm going to have to mention it again in class, but it's just ridiculous that, I mean, Cormac, you said it, right? <laughs> Though if you learn one thing in architecture school, it's to hit deadlines, right? Or it, as being an architect. So they're not even hitting deadlines in this measly little class. 
I mean, that's what we work and live by it, our deadlines. And if they can't meet them, I mean, this is, this is the easy one. This is the give me, you know, I mean, you don't have a, a client's project or you don't have your firm's reputation to, um, to basically destroy by not hitting deadlines, but or your team, right? Like or your team, you're just yeah. on your own here. So, so but yeah, mean, luckily the only person is, that can ruin is themselves. Right. But this is where you learn it. This is where you learn, you know, and maybe this is the one, you know, like you said, this is the one thing that you have to learn coming out of school is, you know, forget about the design, forget about the problem solving, forget about everything else. Learn how to hit a deadline because you learn can't, how to I mean, manage your time. Exactly. Because yeah, you're, I, I mean, it's huge because we know that we've got so many other things going on at the same time that if you've like scheduled out a project and you're working on those deadlines, but then you're also trying to do business development, then you're also trying to do mentoring and you're also trying to do this. And if you fall, yeah. And if you falter <laughs> on, well, yeah, and, and on and on and on. But in, and if you falter at one of those things, every one of them is going to suffer. And if you can't, you know, and if you, if you just can't get it done, I mean, this is, again, this is where you learn to succeed or fail. And if you can't manage your time in school, you sure in the hell aren't going to be doing it in the profession, which is bad, I believe. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's bad. That's bad. Very bad. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, that's, that's just another thorn in my side right now it's okay that's not a big deal it's easy to not respond but it's just like like i'm just shaking my head oh my god i've already been over this come on you guys wait a minute what what was your what should what's been your best excuse i mean i'm going to assume that there's an excuse that maybe comes with the reason something's late well there's 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 two types of excuses there's the one where it's like i realize there's no excuse i'm so sorry can i turn it in late right that's like I still don't respond to those because I've already been over it, but that at least sincere, at least it's sincere. Then there's the other one where it's like, my throat was really sore. And so you just totally flabbergasted. I can't even, (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. Right. Like, okay, first of all, you've had three or two weeks to do this and, and your throat was not sore at that time. And then, your throat However. was sore the day it was due. However, I'm pretty sure your throat doesn't control your fingers and how they type the words onto the computer. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, but there is that throat-brain connection. So, you know, I mean, there's that, you know, oh, my throat hurts. All I'm preoccupied with is my throat, my throat. So maybe I they mean, dictate everything. They, they say they saved you from all they had to type, you know, all they could think of to type out was my throat hurts. And so they saved you from that one. Oh, wait, no, yeah. they didn't, because that was the excuse they used. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, there are excuses, and then there are excuses. Ah, uh, that's great. That's a good one. Whoa. Yeah. So let me ask you this back to the um, the, the house thing. Um, one of the things that we actually um, were building, you know, when, when we were doing houses in North Florida, when I was still in Florida, is, so in St. Petersburg, we would build everything. Most everything was, you know, concrete construction, slab on grade. Um, when I moved to um, North Florida um, and we were doing houses there, you know, almost everything that we did was, um, had crawl space. And the thing that I loved about 
um, crawl space, you know, one when we were like, you know, dealing with uh, um, custom modular homes and and things like that, you know, everything was like basically pre-plumbed and it came in and you just set it down on your um, your raised foundation or your um, your piles or whatever. And you could just, you know, move on from there. But I mean, the, the great thing about crawl spaces are is that, you know, if you've got a plumbing problem, right, it's all exposed. I mean, do you guys actually construct um, crawl yeah. space? Stuff. Every ever every other house in my neighborhood is a is, is a crawl. raised foundation, oh, except for yours. except for mine because my so well, my you know house where all the, so the tile special. Went. <laughs> I'm special, yeah. This house was the original owner of all the land, and so it was the only house here. Oh, and they owned 15 acres of citrus groves or whatever, and then they ended up selling that off and to a developer who then built this tract around this house and then they kind of reoriented Cormac you've been here it's kind of weird right when you come to my front door they (laughs) reoriented my house 90 degrees the other way and so now it's a little confusing where to go when you show up to my house but um anyway they because of like my house used to the driveway used to go to the north when I was now my driveway's on the east yeah when I was looking for like where to knock on the door to let you know I was there. I felt like I was trespassing because I was like halfway. Exactly. Was, exactly. <laughs> what am I, am I, am I supposed to be here? All these people coming over to my house now to, to fix this problem. They don't know where to go either. <laughs> so, so my house is, was, is the oldest one on the track. And I get, I get these, I don't know if you guys get these, but the Southern California gas, um, they send me these, these bills, not a bill. Uh, it's just yeah, like yeah. a notice. And, yeah. In the mail and over email, which I've how, unsubscribed like four times now, how shaming house, me. Yeah, how your house about is how warming. much how much gas I use more than my neighbors, which is <laughs> BS probably. But my well, house is like forty years older bus. than every other house in this neighborhood. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, I know it does because it's less efficient. Like I have wall heaters, gas wall heaters. I don't have central air, um, right. or. Or I have a slab leak and my water heater is constantly running, right? That I didn't know about. So, yeah. um, that's probably part of it too. That, but yeah, I was going to say that's that's the one because it's like it's like dripping out, and so every time it's just constantly heating. Every water. time your water heater is filling up, it's heating yes. and heating and heating. Yeah, oh, man, that just sucks. Yeah, yeah. So. We actually had that with our with our uh, water. We didn't realize that there was a basically just a a, a light drip. Um, down in the basement and, you know, thankfully it was into the, um, the mop sink, mm-hmm. but you know, we're just like, how are we using so much water? I mean, you know, it's not any different than anybody else's, you know, family of five water usage, but we're like paying, you know, a hundred dollars more than other people. And sure enough, we found some stupid leaks. So that's what you're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so all the other houses in this neighborhood, which is hundreds of houses, uh, is are all raised floor. You can crawl into there. You can fix the the pipes and like. If there's one big problem with this house, it's anything having to do with water coming in or going out. So we've had major sewer pipe issues and major now water line issues. So good times. Yeah, yeah. home ownership. Go. It's awesome. Do it. <laughs> This is the house we were renting for like four and a half years before we bought it. And, and it was so nice to call the landlord. And he was so nice. He was, uh, he grew up here. It was his parents' house. Like, 
they were the only owners, so he knew everything about this place, and he was happy to to fix this and that, and you know he would use it as an excuse to come out and actually do the work himself because he just he liked to come out and visit the house every once in a while. <laughs> and now and now it's all on me. But it was I should yeah. have been tracking the the frequency of these fixes because man, it just hasn't stopped. Older houses, just what you get. I was gonna. I I I wasn't sure if I should mention. I was like. This is the house that you were renting for, you know, a long time, and and you know if you, you should have known all the little quirks about it, but you know now it's 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 interestingly saving you surprises. Yes, yeah, it's like the ghost in the attic kind of a thing. Definitely. So it's 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 a headache, but this is what happens. You just you have to deal with it. You have to keep moving on. You still have to hold up all your other responsibilities and do all those things. So, uh. I don't. I haven't told any of my students about any of this stuff, but <clears throat> because it's not worth talking about to them for sure. But no, uh, because you, you, you I, I'm not going to give them any excuses why I, was, I haven't graded their stuff. No, I'm just kidding. I, I was, was going to say <laughs> I have. You're going to you're going to give them a, a new line of excuses. Well, you know, I was at my house, but you know the and there the was a leak. water heat. Yeah, there was a leak, and you know they had to tear the wall out, and you know and you're like, hmm, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Sounds like my story. It's a little different than the dog ate my homework. Yeah. Can dogs eat digital homework? Yeah. <laughs> the dog ate my email. That's a good name for the episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys got any uh, sad stories that you want to share? <laughs> Mine is just my ongoing, like, you know, design while, val- design while value engineering. Yeah, that's hard. As well as, you know, the, you know, half of the project, like, you know, the structural steel portion of it being out um, to currently in shop, uh, getting shop drawings done. Man, (laughs) that's crazy. You know, you mentioned earlier about managing your time and hitting deadlines. And there's only so much you can do for that, right? So... You can try and manage your time. You get your things done. But in most of our worlds in architecture, yeah, we have consultants. It's out of our right. control. It's yep. uh, to a certain extent out of your control. And mm-hmm. it's it's really difficult when consultants just don't show up or don't deliver their drawings on time. And then you look bad because they're under your contract and they're your your consultant and that that's that's problematic i don't one of the things i'm trying to do is schedule the consultant's deadlines a day or two or three days before the actual deadline yeah that's so just that common they know yeah they they know that their deadline is this day and i know the deadline is over here so that hopefully everything comes together or just the whole aspect of okay you tell the client it's going to be there on the 15th, you know, the 15th is our deadline, but everybody has a different opinion of what that deadline is. Hmm. And what, here, here's what I mean by that is that the, to the, the consultants, the that means, no, 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 not even like morning or night or something, but 1159. Well, no, <laughs> hey, to, hey, to hey, the consultant, <laughs> yeah, well, to, to the consultant, that means that's their deadline. You're thinking, no, that's the date I have to get it to the client or get it yeah. out to the client. The client's thinking that's the day I'm going to receive it. 
uh-huh. and none of those things are all the same time. Yeah, not right? only that, but like you could put those consultants on notice and say, and and you could do this at the very beginning. You don't even have to know what their performance is like. You're going to tend here's going to be the deadlines. Your deadlines are always X many days before that because I have to double check your work. Well, that's that's how I usually actually schedule it, and then when I review each, um, you know, like each phase, and we we're going through. Okay, we're going to have an SD kickoff. I'm like, okay, well, in the SD we've got. You know, here's our kickoff, here's our 50%, you know, kind of like review set, and then here's our 100% submission to the owner. And with that, I also, you know, like add weeks in for, um, so if we're going to submit a 50%, say on Friday, well, the Friday before I'm getting all of their stuff. So I can not only, you know, make sure that everybody has the updated models for everybody, but also, um, you know, that everybody, you know, like I, we can go through and do a real quick cursory check of everything, make sure that we're all showing the same thing and then fix it before I actually have to get it out to them. And then, so our hit print is Thursday and then Friday morning when they, um, you know, when the client opens up their, uh, their inbox, you know, they've got a down, you know, downloadable file waiting for them that is the drawings and you know we we try to do that and you know like you know i've got just a basically a kind of like a courtesy review set coming up um this friday but last friday i had everybody send me all of their stuff and so now all we're doing is going through it and making sure that we're still you know building the same building (laughs) yeah i I find that this whole pre-deadline for consultants that that we do is a really good thing but what we usually don't have time to do, like what is what we say we're going to do is check their work. We we don't have time to check their work because we're still working. Yeah. Well, and that is a huge problem, right? Because really the pencils down should be the same for everybody so that you can have time for that review because QA is huge. It's it. Yes. It's not only a big deal. It's a huge problem when it doesn't. Well, happen. It's, it's becoming more important when you're, you know, when you're detached from looking at the overall drawing and seeing everything at one time and kind of like being able to survey everything. I mean, when you're flipping through stuff or when you're in, you know, when somebody's like modeling and detailing, I mean, they're so fixated on like one little point here and there tunnel vision, that, yeah. you know, they, they, they forget things or, or they, you know, Oh, well, I forgot that effect that or did that or stuff. And, and so it's hugely important to go through, you know, the QA process, at least to me, you know, it's at least, uh, two weeks ahead of time so that you've got one good week to like really go through it and take a look at everything and then issue out red lines to anybody and everybody. And then that next week prior to submitting it, going through and picking them up and making sure you've got everything. I mean, that's just for like the interims. Like, you know, we've got our hundred percent coming up. I, I got to get the, the, the uh, project in front of our uh, QA guys before, you know, at least a month ahead of time. Um, just so that he can, you know, go through everything. Cause you know, somebody's going to be signing and sealing them and, you know, they, they want to make damn sure that they've got their eyes on this set and make sure that, you know, they've, you know, signed off on everything and make sure it's ready to go. So Cormac, I want to ask you, does all of that time get built into the original schedule? Um, it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, can't, I I just say it's supposed to, or 
here. It's just it's even better. Fair enough. It yeah. should be. Right. And, right. you know, nine times out of ten when people are, you know, like freaking out about the schedule or things like that. Or, you know, it's just like we've got to open this building August. August of, let's see, when do we have to open up our new building? We've got to open up August of 20 or August of 19. Helps if I know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 20 <laughs> yeah but but you know you've got you know you have uh um no i think it is actually august 19 because uh oh yeah you guys are moving quite moving very yeah fast. i mean we're, we're the steel's already in production i mean in fact i actually made a comment to him i'm like well if you know we're going to value engineer this out we don't need need to do the kind of gyrations of the steel that we did here to kind of have like a depressed area on the roof. I mean, we can just level that all out. They're like, we're not changing any of the steel. It's already in, you know, it's already in the contractor's hands. They're doing a shop drawings for it. I don't want to, you know, we'll just uh, build up the roof and, you know, level it out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> if you say. We will fix we later. Yeah. Um, Jeez. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but. <laughs> But yeah, it's just uh, Neo. We should. I mean, it should. It should Q, QA QC is probably the one thing that, especially now that we're in the digital age and everybody thinks, oh, you know, we can just like zip right on through it, is the one thing that people think we can sacrifice, you know, time for. And that's the one thing we can't sacrifice time for. Well, this is one of those things where we can get so much better at it so easily, actually, because yeah, because it's BIM. There's things that you can do in Revit or ArchiCAD or whatever BIM you're using to communicate visually to somebody right. doing QA. And they don't have to just look at sheets of paper, right? But that's right. typically it's the gray hairs in the office who are doing that. So that's how they've always operated. So we kind of cater to those needs. But this is where you could have views in your model that show highlighted in red or blue or whatever, pick a color, all the one-hour rated walls, just solid fill yep, yep. green, right? And all the two-hour walls or whatever, you know, all the occupancy separations graphically be shown in BIM super easily, right? This is just a yeah. view parameter that you assign yeah. to a view. Absolutely. And humans are amazingly good at pattern recognition, right? So you can look at a view of a model, as long as we can train these people to actually open up a model and open up a view, they should be able to do this. And and you can see right away if there's any problems with that type of code compliance or, uh, you know, at that level of QAQC, they're probably not going in and seeing if you have all the right materials called out in your details, right? Because there's there's that's that would be the end of the QA process if they even get to that point, if they have the time to get there. But there's so many other ways we can build this kind of stuff into our models from the beginning that's actually way harder to do in CAD, right? This would actually be a separate drawing in CAD, but making another view in Revit is simple as right-click on a view and say duplicate, and then you can go in and assign a view filter to say make all the walls that fit this category this color, and it's parametric, right? It's just one of those right. things that right. just, it just does it. And that's that's the brilliant part of the I and BIM, the information part, which people still seem to gloss over because it's not part of the drawing set, right? It's you don't get all that fancy smart stuff in the draw in the stupid drawings at the end. Um, but you could leverage that so much farther 
in advance in the pipeline and catch these huge potential problems so much easier if we if we just would take the time to do that kind of stuff and and like i know it takes work to come up with those kinds of things and then implement them but once you've done it once you should be able to have that either built into your template or as a dynamo script or something where it just gets applied to the model and and right. it happens with every model and it's part of your standards and and then these guys are trained to go into the model open up this view and see visually that everything's working I would love to to get more guys, into that kind of stuff. Since we're on the subject, do you guys um, run uh, Navis Works on your models before um, during any of the process? Yeah, I mean, clash detection's a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and and actually now with like the BIM three sixty stuff, that's you mm-hmm. know all cloud based, it's all online. You've got live models all the time. It's it's actually right. really fast and. Uh, it's easy to cut through a building using right. section planes. It's it's better than working in Revit, honestly. Yeah. It's it's yeah. way faster. So But yeah, and, and I always you know, first time I ever did clash detection, I thought that was a an interesting subject because I, I had no idea that you only really clash two things together. So you're gonna say structural and mechanical, right? You don't you don't do everything because <laughs> you'll just get tons and tons and tons of errors. Right, you wanna right. you want a way to kind of forensically dial it back and say, okay, just show me clashes between structural and mechanical. Just show me clashes between structural and plumbing. Just show me clashes between structural and architectural, whatever. And that way you can actually get in there and narrow down the problems and what needs to get fixed. Um, but, but it's, it's so cool now to see this stuff come together and like this design build project that's going on in our office. It's a, it's a eight story student housing. There's actually two different eight story buildings and, and to see it all coming together in BIM 360 and watch the level of detail that they're Mm -hmm. working at. I mean, they've got all the hangers in there and they've got just everything that you can imagine. It's in a web browser, you're sectioning through it because it's design build. I think. I think the guy that sits next to me said there was like 132 RFIs on, it's all clash detection stuff. So what they did is they got together, they had a meeting, and by the end of the meeting, there was three RFIs. They narrowed it down from 132 questions, not really RFIs, right? Right, right. And got it down to three actual RFIs of things that had to get changed just by getting together face-to-face and doing the whole big room thing, right, where you, you just work through the issues one at a time until they're gone and you clear them out, clear them out, clear them out, and there was only three. So instead of responding to 132 RFIs, yeah, you spend a couple hours going through it together, and then you actually only have to respond to three of them. That's nice. a great way to work. Hell yeah, yeah. Hmm. I think I might need to schedule that for... Uh... On your project, for my, for my project, like you know, next week. Yeah, as soon as that starts, that stuff starts coming up. It's you just got to schedule those meetings together and say, okay, face to face, let's go through these and let's work them out, right? And yeah. then, and then everybody gets a little more ownership over the project, and they get to you get to say to the structural engineer who's sitting there with the mechanical engineer, okay, guys, how are we going to solve this? Right. How can we reroute this duct or whatever it is that we need to do? Move this piece of steel whatever it is to solve that problem together instead of, Oh my gosh, that headache of going back and forth over email to do the same thing. Uh, it God. just, it's ridiculous. It doesn't happen. Right. Yeah, I know. Well, clearly yeah. somebody didn't do clash detection on your house. 
Oh, you beat me to it, Neil. (laughs) I was totally going to do that. Bring it right back around to the beginning. (laughs) Jeez. Damn you. I I wanted to do that. That was my... Stole his thunder. <laughs> uh, we, I can cut that out, and you know we can no, <laughs> we can try it again. Your turn, Corbin. <laughs> Let's see who sounds better. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but he is right. I mean, too bad that didn't exist. Uh, yeah, but really, the thing is, yours is just age. Kind yeah, of, I can't. Know. Who thought it was a good idea to put iron pipes in the ground and or cast them into the slab? It's just oh, that'll last forever. Yeah. Jeez. Like meh. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're headed towards a world of hurt when it comes to residential houses here in the in the future because Infrastructure everything really. is yeah. built. Yeah, well, everything is built on a slab, at least out here. And I don't know what it's like back east, but out they all here have basements, all man. your new houses. <laughs> yeah, they have basements. Yeah. They've it's got headroom to work under there. <laughs> Lots of it. Yeah, I'm sitting here actually yeah. in the basement, Neil, and I'm I'm looking at where my water pipe comes into the basement, turns up, and then heads over my head um, to the water heater and the yeah, but let's and just things like that. When nice. the pipe breaks, just hopefully it's not right on top of that fancy computer you're using right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully there is a sump pump in because my this basement. is a giant bathtub that you're talking about. Yeah, it's a, it's a bathtub with a sump pump with a computer in it with a computer <laughs> thankfully that goes upstairs with me but not uh yeah. sounds like yeah. evan needs evan needs a uh um he needs a an area that you could do that in <laughs> you need to start digging evan yeah <laughs> dig below your house i have i have kids man i guess they could do that that's right. You have you have an army of children to to start digging. Give them each a spoon. You could have a basement. <laughs> it's totally like you couldn't use. I mean, you need a basement with all those kids. I do. I need a place to. Well, maybe for me to retreat to. Yeah. I need a subterranean hole to put my children in. <laughs> no, me. I'm not that terrible of a father. No kids. I'll go down. No, no, seriously. You guys I'll stay up here cave. in the daylight. Yeah. I want to be in the cave. <laughs> all right, well, that's all I got. No more misery? Oh, the misery will continue. <laughs> we'll the meetings will con- <laughs> What's that saying? The meetings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I've heard that before. Ah. <laughs> uh. What's your misery, Neil? You ain't you got any? Or you're misery free this week? I think I pay somebody to listen to that misery. <laughs> there you go. That's better. That's everybody should have that actually. Yeah, uh, right. Nobody wants to hear my misery. I think Evan. I think Evan Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. did it. Did a good enough job uh, illustrating the misery that most of us uh, have to deal with on a daily or weekly, monthly, yearly basis. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, he he's got enough misery for all I of us right now. Got enough for all of you right now. Yeah, yeah. Your your misery, we're your company. That's right. So, Evan, should we? Uh, I guess we should charge you. Uh, there's a, there's usually a fee for for stuff like this to listen to this. So um, maybe we can get our <laughs> listeners to, 
to help pay for your problem. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll do a reverse, right? Normally, you pay somebody to listen to your problems. We, we can get our listeners to help pay for our problems. Set up the donation page, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still there. You just have to go to the back episodes to find it. There you go. <laughs> Don't encourage people. They got their own problems to pay for. That's a- yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, let us know what your problems are, right? That, sure. That's Misery yeah, loves company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, let's let's wrap this one up and let everyone know that this episode has been brought to you by Misery. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Stephen King. Uh, yeah. Exactly. No. Actually, we want to thank our sponsors. Our I'll let me go get the board. There you go. Yeah. Dude, in the sledgehammer. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> take take me out. We're not supposed to be doing that while we're talking about Arcat. Come on. Yeah, the Arcat sledgehammer. The latest. <laughs> you can't, the I'm sure latest, you can bet, find uh, one there. Say, I bet you can find one. <laughs> the on latest her. BIM object. Yes, I'm sure you can. Well, hey, let's let's uh, thank Arcat and also BQE Core for sponsoring this episode. And I just want to remind everyone that the music you hear on this episode is by System Kid. And you can subscribe to Arcaspeak on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast app you use. Be sure to check out our archive at arcaspeakpodcast.com, where you can stream or download every episode we've ever done. And find links to articles referenced from each. We can be found on Twitter and Facebook or via email at arcaspeakpodcast.com. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Good night. Good day. Good whatever. That's what the pop filter's for, right? To catch all that stuff. You need to uh, wash that before it hits the mic. Cue the music now. Oh, the